everybody, I'm Anita. I'm Mavi. And welcome back to another episode of Good Morning Mondays, a series that aims to bring you good news, fun facts, new perspectives, and basically all things good vibes. We know that there's a lot of bad news going around lately, but we hope to show you that even in the bad, the good still exists as long as we're willing to look out for it. In a nutshell, this is just a conversation between two friends trying to stay positive, and we wanted to include you in the conversation too. So yeah, we hope you learned something new from this and take away some feel-good vibes for the rest of your day. So yeah, um, to get started, the headline I came across this week was about the story of an auntie offering to buy a pair of strangers a drink at a hawker centre. And um, this story stood out to me because it happened in my neighbourhood of the hawker centre at Geylang Baru Hawker Centre. And based on the story, this Facebook user, um, Andrew Wong, was eating at the hawker centre and he said he was eating this chilli pan mi. And immediately I got hooked because I was like, okay, I think I know which chilli pan mi he's talking about. Because <laughs> there's this one quite famous chilli pan mi at the hawker centre. Mm. I think it was like even featured on Food King and stuff like that. And it got three stars, I think. Mm. And okay, yeah, it's really very chilli. So going to the story, what happened was that while he was eating at the hawker centre, this cleaning auntie passed by his table. And she was wearing a mask, so he couldn't really hear what she said. But she said something along the lines of buying a drink. So at first, he thought that she was asking if he could buy her a drink. Mm. And he was totally fine with it. He was like more than willing to do so. So when he asked her what she would like, he finally understood what she actually said behind her mask. Mm. So she was actually offering to buy him and his dinner mate a cold drink. And they were very surprised because, I mean... It's a totally random thing. I think in general, if any stranger were to offer to buy you a drink, you'll be like, huh? Are you asking me to... You want to buy me a drink? Yeah. I think it's very uncommon, right? We're quite shook when that kind of thing happens. Yeah, I think even more so by like a cleaning auntie, right? Because mm. I mean, to begin with, their jobs are not easy at all. Yeah. And they're normally so busy, right? Going about hawker centre, you wouldn't expect them to stop to offer to buy you a drink. Mm. So um, he was quite surprised by it. And then he turned down the offer politely. But um, he was quite confused by the entire situation. Like, I, mean, I think if I was him also, I'd be like, huh, why she offered to buy me a drink? Mm. So he went up to her actually and like, asked her like, oh, auntie, is it you asked me because I was sweating so much when you saw me eating the bowl of chili pan mi and like, <laughs> he had a laugh over it lah, because he was, in his words, perspiring in agony. Mm. And yeah, as somebody who has eaten this chili pan mi and I normally ask for less chili, okay? Mm. Even then, I'm like, oh my god, this is so painful but it's so good and I cannot stop. Mm. So yeah, I totally understand. Um, the kind of vision he must have been uh, like sweating and everything for her to offer him like a cold drink but yeah I think in general what stood out to me more was it, it was so nice of the auntie to offer because mm. in general like as I mentioned like cleaning aunties and uncles like their jobs are not easy at all most of them are elderly right so yeah they're 60s, 70s and 80s and I think in general elderly people also come across as a bit of grumpy mm. so like most of most like you say thank you auntie and uncle and they will just reply with like a grunt mm. sometimes if the auntie is nicer they will like um, smile laugh laugh with you a bit yeah. and say like oh no worries that kind of thing right mm. so yeah I think it's really sweet what she did lah and I think this kind of comes together with like the recent news that has been going around from NEA where they are like finally enforcing like trade returns mm. that is going to start from 1st September so now there's going to be like a three-month advisory period from June 1st to help like adjust diners into having to return their trays after every meal, I think in hawker centres and coffee shops, etc. Mm. So yeah, from September 1st, if you don't return your tray by yourself and if you don't comply after you get reminded to, you'll be issued like a warning on the first offence and then subsequently, if you still are very obstinate about it, you will probably be issued like a fine or a court attendance 
And I think as a country where like hawker culture is so I mean vibrant and like so many people go to hawker centers and I think it's so common to see in the hawker centers people just leaving their trays and not just like their trays and their food but like tissue or like whatever yeah. rubbish they leave behind right mm. and it's so hygienic in open air hawker centers when like birds really flock to the table you know when like people leave especially I think it's more commonly seen when the hawker center is not as crowded yeah and that is when you really see how dirty it can get. And it's not, it's not hygiene at all lah. It's not even about being considerate, right? It's like basic things like hygiene. Mm. So I think it's very good that finally there's some concrete action being taken on this. And more so even like, I think it will alleviate some of the work that aunties and uncles have to go through. I mean, pushing around a cart stacked with plates and utensils and cutlery, I mean, it's definitely not light. It's not easy. It's hard work. And as it is, their jobs already is a lot of hard work, right? Mm. Having to be on their feet all day. So yeah, um, based on a newspaper article I read, like some hawker centers already have a automated tray return system, and based on like feedback, it's considerably cleaner. Mm. And like people used to leave tissues on the table, and it used to fly over the place, but now that is not the case. And also, one of the hawker center aunties in one of those hawker centers, which already have automated systems, was saying that they have less work to do, as in they don't necessarily have less work to do, because they still are up on their feet all day, but it's yeah. definitely less tiring for them. So I think it's finally a good step that we are taking and I hope that it'll be received well and people will pick it up fast, you know, so that there won't be so much issues over it. Yeah, I think it's not just considerate towards the aunties or uncles, but mm-hmm. also towards the next person who's going to exactly. use the table, right? Yep. Yeah, because I think it's quite normal when you go to the hawker centre, then there's an empty table but you got to clear the other person's trash because mm-hmm. they didn't clear their plates and all that. Yeah. So yeah, I think hopefully with this new policy, right, it's not just like people are doing it because or if I don't want to get fined, yes. but you know, genuinely like I want to be a considerate person. Yeah, and it becomes a habit. Because yeah. I think, you know, ever since I was young, there was already this like clear your tray campaign, right? Mm. And they did like so many things to try and encourage people to clear their trays. Like yeah. when I was in primary school There was no like Tray return station But yeah. then slowly You start to see Tray return stations And then now you see All those like Automated robots That clear trays And all that So yeah like You can see that Singapore has been trying So hard to get people To clear their trays And the progress I guess is not fast enough Or was yeah. not fast enough That now they have to Resort to policies yeah. But you know Hopefully this policy Helps it along the way lah yeah. yeah, so on, I guess, somewhat a similar note, I saw this campaign on shoe recycling and I'm super excited because I have a lot of <laughs> shoes to clear. So many shoes to clear. But I'm like, I'm a hoarder and I'm also like someone who doesn't like to throw things away if it's gonna like, be wasted. So in the end, I just keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's called... Um, I don't know what the official title is. I think it's called Others See an Old Shoe, We See the Future. Mm-hmm. Or there's a shorter version called Old Shoe, New Futures. Yeah, so this project seeks to create a permanent shoe waste collection ecosystem. So rubberized and elastomeric shoe waste is recycled into infrastructure materials for sports facilities such as running tracks, playgrounds and fitness corners as well as potential material fillers or gym mats and protection paddings. So essentially what they do is they take your shoe, they use the sole of it, the rubber, to turn it into running tracks and they're trying to figure out different ways to use the shoe, different parts of the shoe to create new things. Yeah, so essentially the goal is to recycle the entire shoe. So now I guess people are trying to look into that. 
The project is a permanent used shoe collection drive starting from 5th July 2021 onwards. So the public can just drop their shoes off at their convenience. And what kind of shoes can you recycle? These shoes include sports shoes, school shoes and football boots without metal studs are accepted. Mm-hmm. Rubberized slippers and sandals without metal parts may be accepted too. So for those of us who have a lot of slippers to throw away, this is good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, this circular economy project is in partnership with various partners. So some of the more prominent ones would be like Decathlon and Standard Chartered. And I think what's great about this is that the collection points are very, very convenient. So you can find these collection points at active SG sports centers, various educational institutions, and various Sing Health polyclinics as well. I'm not sure if they'll expand to other polyclinics in the future, but you can check out the website. So you just Google like Sports Shoe Recycling Singapore and you'll find information on it. Um, another great thing is that you can collect something called CO2 points if you download the Alba Step Up app. So what you need to do is to scan the QR code pasted on the shoe recycling bins and then you can earn points. Yeah, and the good thing about this app is that I don't think it's only relevant to the shoe recycling bins. I think there are other campaigns you can take part in to earn points. Yeah, so um, I thought that this was good news to share because I don't think I'm the only one with shoes to throw away. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I just like had a flashback to like my primary school days, like when my brother and I are primary school. Like every mm. year you will go through at least one pair. Like yeah. you change every year your shoe, or maybe even like twice a year, that kind of thing. Mm. So it's a good thing that you're at school. So it's very convenient for you to just bring your shoe to school and just like drop it off there. Yeah, so I guess, you know, it's good for the general public who are looking for ways to do something good with their trash. Mm. I guess Yeah So Moving on to my next piece of news is something I am so excited about <laughs> So I'm going to talk about The Disney movie Called Raya And The Last Dragon It came out A few months ago already But I was waiting for it To become free on Disney Plus Before I watched it So I decided to watch it Because it features Disney's Very first Southeast Asian princess And she's I mean she is a princess But she's more of like A warrior in the movie And it's Disney Animation Studios first movie inspired by Southeast Asia. So the fact that Southeast Asia is the main focus of mm-hmm. this movie already like made me want to finally watch it. Finally some representation. Yeah, finally, right? You know, and it's not just like China anymore with Mulan, but you also have like Southeast Asia, which is a region of Asia that people don't usually think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people always think about like China, India, or more recently, everyone thinks about Korea. Yeah, but you know, I think it's great that Southeast Asia is finally getting some love. Yeah, it features Kelly Marie Tran, who is of Vietnamese descent, and she voices Raya, who is the main character. And just a brief summary of the story is essentially that there was this fictional realm of Kumandra, a prosperous place populated by humans and dragons. But because of a particular division in humanity, it led to a particular plague called the Drune, which turned people into stone and turned the dragons into stone. So essentially what the story follows is Raya trying to save people from the plague lah. Yeah. And the great thing about this is that there is no love interest in the movie. Bless. Which is, yeah, which is great because if you realise so many, if not all of your Disney princess movies always have love interest. Yeah. But this movie featured a woman as the main protagonist and there's no love interest there's no like no semblance of a love interest at all so 
that also drew me into the story lah because sometimes love interest storylines can get a bit like yeah 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 especially when the the protagonist or like the hero gives up something for love yeah like, okay but did you really have to yeah and it's always the girl that has to give up to the guy yes or the girl is like some damsel in distress yeah but you know in this case there's no damsel in distress I mean there are people in distress but she's not the damsel in distress mm-hmm. yeah so if this kind of no love interest storyline interests you then I would recommend Raya Another interesting thing is that it's one of the first Disney animated features to be developed by a team spread across countless remote locations given the current pandemic situation. So apparently the voice actors recorded directly from their own homes. Oh, wow. Which is quite interesting. Yeah. I have no idea how. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's what I found out from one of the news articles and it's really amazing la, that everyone was at different locations. They recorded in their own homes and somehow this amazing film came out. Yeah. So, A plus to the production team for that. The screenwriter behind this particular movie is Adele Lim, who is a Malaysian. And she is the writer and producer for Crazy Rich Asians back in 2018. So, now she has come back with Raya. And the voice cast boasts a huge variety of Asian stars, including Aquafina, you might have seen her in Crazy Rich Asians, um, Gemma Chan, people like Daniel Day Kim, as well as Sandra Oh. So, you know, these amazing Asian cast members are in this movie. And what's interesting, or what I like about Disney is that they take cultural representation seriously, or at least they try to, like, you know, debatable. Mm-hmm. But at least they tried to. And what they did was the production team took a research trip to travel across different Southeast Asian countries, including Cambodia, Laos, Indonesia, Thailand, and Vietnam. And it was led by a specially formed collision of specialists across various fields, including visual anthropologists, archaeologists, architects, linguists, botanists, martial artists, and dancers. Wow, that was a mouthful. But essentially, the team went around with these specialists to explore Southeast Asia, and even after they left Southeast Asia and they were working on the movie, they still kept in touch with these specialists to make sure that everything was culturally on point. Mm. And I think it paid off lah, because when I was watching the movie, I teared up at a lot of parts in the movie, and the storyline wasn't even like super touching. It was a good storyline, but Mm. I teared up really at the parts where they were just showing the scenery. So there's a lot of architectural and landscape appreciation in this film. So there's a lot of scenes that show very Southeast Asian inspired architecture and Southeast Asian inspired greenery and natural landscapes. So what happens in the movie is that the fictional realm of Kumandra is divided into different sections because of the plague. And each particular section looks like a particular place in Southeast Asia. Mm. So for example, there's this place called Talon which looks like Hanoi. Then I think uh, another place called Fang looks like Angkor Wat. Yeah. Mm. So they kind of mix in a little bit of different Southeast Asian elements, but overall the picture looks very Southeast Asian. And as a Southeast Asian myself, right, yep. I can really recognize and feel like, yeah, this is a place that I know of and yeah. I'm familiar with, even though it's this like fictional realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think when I saw that on 
screen in a Disney movie and it was so so pretty. I mean if you know Disney, Disney does the animation yeah. so well, right? And to see Southeast Asia being portrayed in such a pretty way, such an aesthetically pleasing way and at the same time I think what Disney did was they tried to keep the traditional elements inside. So it felt like they are respecting the Southeast Asian landscape and to a certain extent its traditions and cultures. And I felt very very touched by that and I think it touched me so much more than I expected. So that's when I realised, yeah, representation matters. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, you know, to touch a little bit on the storyline was that it talked about division. So the main crux of the problem was division among people. Essentially, when the plague happened, there was this dragon who created a crystal ball to get rid of the plague. And then after the plague was gone, everyone was fighting over the crystal ball. Which is why the fictional realm of Kumandra split lah because everyone wanted the crystal ball for themselves. So Kumandra was no more and then you have the five tribes. And so I thought like when they introduced this problem of the five tribes trying to gain the ownership of the crystal ball rather than uniting over the crystal ball, I was like, how come this is so relatable? Oh my god, specifically our current world in the Disney movie. Yeah, essentially, it's so... I felt like it was so timely, because even though like in the movie it's just this crystal ball and people are fighting over this crystal ball, I think it was really enlightening when there was this specific line that said something along the lines of, rather than uniting over the crystal ball, they decided to divide over the crystal ball. That was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense because that's what's happening in our world right now. And I think we can't pinpoint one crystal ball, right? But at the same time, you feel like this is such a relevant message. Yeah. And that's when I guess I teared up a little bit also because I was like, yeah, this is happening in real life. And it's quite sad. It's very sad at certain points in time. So at the end, the movie concludes that when you unite, then in a sense you can heal the world or bring the world back together which is very idealistic but it is a Disney movie, it is a children's movie, it's supposed mm-hmm. to have a happy ending but I guess it's a good reminder la, that despite everything bad that's happening in the world with so much division in the world I think we need to take the initiative or we need to find the, sounds cliche la, but we need to find the courage and the strength to start trusting people again and start to unite with other people again. I think especially let's say in the Singapore context right, we see so many articles on division lately especially with those like racism yes. articles and I think so far in Singapore racial tolerance has been a thing that's propagated right but then now we are realising that racial tolerance doesn't really work. Yeah, and yeah. that's when we are starting to see the cracks that have always been there. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking, la, I think, for me, for people around me, you and me, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, a bit of a sidetrack, but back to the story, it's just that I think it, there was a very good moral message at the end of the movie, and that there was something to learn from it, la, even though it was a children's movie. So, I hope I sold the movie well. <laughs> yeah, I think at least to me. I mean, somebody, as somebody who doesn't really watch Disney, I'm very tempted to go and watch this now. Yeah, I think even if you, you, know, you don't watch it for the storyline, I think just watching it, for me, like, the main draw was really to see some Southeast Asian representation. And I think, obviously, there's quite a few things lacking. Like, for example, people are saying that the cast is mainly an East Asian cast, even though there are a few Southeast Asian cast members. Mm-hmm. So... 
there are things that should be improved on lah, but I think as a first attempt, right, it is great. And the fact that it's a main female protagonist and the story really traces her growth and her development and there's no side love interest for her to like, I guess, get distracted by. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I would recommend watching the movie lah, even if, you know, you're not into the whole Disney thing, but it's still a good, a good watch. Yeah, watch it over lunch or dinner or something. It's a very easy watch. Yeah. So that's it for this week's episode. Remember to return your trays at your hawker centres. Find out where's the nearest location where you can recycle your old shoes. And also check out Raya. Have a good week ahead. Bye. See ya.